you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series, DJ and Bucky. A little road show here from Mobile, Alabama, home of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Buck, what's going on, man? Nothing, man. This is an exciting time of year for us, obviously. The Senior Bowl is kind of like when it begins, draft season for all scouts. So I'm excited to see all these young players, obviously, finding out who's in the Super Bowl. It's becoming our time. This is when we begin to shine. So I'm excited about it all. Yeah, if you love the draft, look, we're going to be your podcast here to get you all the way through. Uh, all look, all seven rounds. We'll have all the star players covered as well as all the sleepers, draft needs, everything. We have you covered in uh, tons of Senior Bowl content coming your way. We're going to have so many different podcasts we're going to throw at you, and we'll, we'll store some of this sound and use it throughout the spring. So lots of cool stuff coming draft-wise. But this podcast is our takeaway podcast where we're looking at what went down in the conference championship games. And before we get into our individual takeaways, Buck, I thought, man, the, the grief that the NFL's taken about, you know, the games, the ratings, this, that, and the other – I think the playoffs have been wildly entertaining, man. I think it's been an exciting time. I think some of it has been overblown. I think some people have had their own personal agenda to attack the league. Um, I think league overall, when it came down to it, down the stretch leading into the postseason and during the postseason, the NFL continues to be king. These games have been exciting. Uh, great theater to watch. We have, obviously, a dynasty team in the New England Patriots going on to the Super Bowl. Um, and then you have a team, an up-and-coming team, that we didn't think could get there found a way to do it, and I think with all the other games along the way, I think the NFL is really positioned in a nice spot. It continues to be the best real action soap opera that is out there today. All right, well, this is our, our takeaway pod, which we just launched this year, so I hope you guys have enjoyed this throughout the season. We had 10 takeaways through the regular season. We kind of whittle those numbers down as we get to the, uh, the end of the line here. 
Uh, but with this one today, we got four takeaways for you, one or two from each game, one for each team uh, that was remaining that played over the weekend. And I'll, I'll start us off here, Bucky, and this one I think was the biggest takeaway of the entire week, which was Tom Brady, man, he always figures it out. Brady up under center, takes the snap. He play fakes Dwight. He looks down the middle. He fires, and the ball is caught in the back of the end zone by Danny it's a catch. Amendola. Touchdown, Patriots. It's a catch. He made the grab just inside the end line, and New England is taking the lead. I love Tom Brady. Man, Danny, playoff Amendola. It's so muddy on his drive. I mean, what can you say, Buck? I feel like I've seen this episode a million times. The, the Patriots... Uh, get down early, and you kind of wonder, man, they just can't seem to get anything going. And then slowly but surely, it's like a Rubik's Cube. And Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, they figure you out. They do. They're unbelievable. I, I think I would have to call Tom Brady Clint Eastwood. Like Clint Eastwood in terms of knowing you, it doesn't matter what the movie is. We know how the movie's going to end. Yep. He's going to find a way to shoot him up. He's going to find a way to be the hero at the end of the day. That is Tom Brady. Tom Brady's ability in the fourth quarter, they're down by 10. It hasn't necessarily gone their way. They lose the number one target. And somehow, you talk about the Rubik's Cube figuring it out, he finds a way to get it done. Doesn't matter who he's surrounded by, he consistently gets his team to the winner's circle. And so for me, it has always changed the standard of what we call like a franchise quarterback or an elite quarterback. These dudes are able to get it done. And so if I'm hunting for a quarterback, I want a guy that can find a way to make everyone better. He is the ultimate truck in that truck and trailer scenario. Do you realize, I mean, just how crazy it is without those circus catches by the Giants? <laughs> He'd be going for eight, right? This would be his eighth just Super Bowl he'd be going for? Man, just unbelievable. That is stupid. That's like Bill Russell. And, and, and it's crazy. And as much as I want to give him credit because he deserves credit because we've seen him, I think that yesterday was his – uh, Sunday was his 54th comeback win. I think I have to give a lot of credit to Bill Belichick and what he has created in New England. New England doesn't lose. Nope, they don't you screw have, up. You have to beat them. And if you don't beat them, they're going to win every time. And what I mean by beat them is you got to knock them out when you have an opportunity. In this game, they found a way to win with their special teams controlling the game in the second half. They continue to get stops, continue to – kind of pick up the hidden yardage that put them in a position to win the game. We can talk about Tom Brady making plays, but at the end of the day, Danny Amendola has a 20-yard pump return. The ball is positioned nicely. They have a short field touchdown. This is what the Patriots do. They do all the little things that other teams don't pay attention to. That is the deciding factor in so many of the wins. I have to give credit to Bill Belichick for being a guy that really harps on the details. Covered kicks, too. You, and it's, it, look, you start your drive at, your, at the 12 instead of the 25. That can be the difference in points or not. Biggest difference in points. We talk about that big swing in the kicking game. They own it. They own the special teams battle, which is why they've been able to consistently win games, even when on paper it doesn't appear to have the best team or talent on the roster. They have the best team because they play the game the right way. Yeah, they don't lose. They make you beat them. That's a great way of putting that. Uh, what's, uh, what's number two on the list, Buck? Jacksonville. They will be back. First and goal, Jags from the four of the Patriots. Two left, one right. Fournette, the running back. It's going to be a shotgun. Play fake. They throw to the right corner of the end zone for Mercedes Lewis. Touchdown, Jacksonville. Bortles to Lewis in the right corner of the end zone. And Jacksonville has taken the lead in Foxborough. When you look at this Jaguars team, I'm really excited about their prospects. And I know how hard it is to return back to the point where they were at. 
But you have to feel good about the Jags when you're just looking at their roster. Defensively, they're positioned to be a dominant team for the next few years. Yes, they have some older players. Calais Campbell's a little older. Um, and Jackson's a little older. But they're young dudes. The Miles Jacks, the Jalen Ramseys, that core, Telvin Smith, they're going to be around for a while. Offensively, the offensive line is intact. They're doing a pretty good job. you got Leonard Fournette back there. You've been able to get production out of these young wide receivers. And then I'm going to be honest, the quarterback exceeded expectations in that game. Now, I'm not ready to write a $20 million check, but I will <laughs> say have to. he showed some flashes in the postseason, the last two games, to make you think that maybe he can figure out. Will he ever be a guy that we talk about and celebrate like a Tom Brady? Maybe not, but he doesn't have to be that with the supporting cast around him. He's a functional quarterback, and he's been good enough to get them to this point. I think there's some things that you certainly can build upon if you're the Jaguars. Yeah, the roster is really loaded. And, um, look, just not having spent a ton of time trying to figure out strategy here for them going forward. For me, uh, man, Blake Bortles, Buck, man, I I struggle with it. I'm almost be tempted to say, okay, hey, let's let the market see what it dictates going into the future. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, we'll let you get out there and then – I don't think there's going to be a ton of takers. And so then maybe you can get the number down a little bit where you're a little bit more comfortable. I, I think if you oh, get the I number think, comfortable, I think, I think you I try think and you move could, forward with I think them. you can let him go out yeah. there. And I'm pretty sure that he won't get takers above that $19 million mark. And if he does, I'd be shocked. Yeah. And if he does, it's just then means, we move you know on. What? Yeah, we're good. We'll move on. Yeah. But I think from a negotiating standpoint, yes, let him go out there. What's not out there? Now let's bring it back at a more manageable number so now we can have the supporting cast around him to let him be the starter that he's shown that maybe he could be. I know he started more games and he was involved in the playoff run for this team, but the situation to me feels like the Brock Osweiler situation where, yes. the, where John Elway said, okay, we, here's a number we're comfortable with. You go test it. You get somebody to get you that big number, you go take it. But we'd like to have you back just to, at the number we're comfortable with. I, I almost think that's the strategy going into the future with Blake Bortles. Yeah, because who are they competing with? Who are they competing with that's saying that Blake Bortles is going to be the quarterback of the future? I think that's a great point. I think it's an excellent observation. And it's a negotiating tactic that I think the Jaguars should employ. Blake Bortles has played well, but I don't know if he's played well enough for you to say, like, hey, this is the dude that we're saying is a 20-plus million dollar quarterback for the next four or five years. Let's see where the market bears. Let's see if we can get him at a more manageable number that allows us to have him, but also all the other things we need to have to elevate his play. One of the other takeaways from that game, kind of going along with the Jaguars being back, and I think they will be back here next year, but the Patriots, looking at what they've done, and obviously the Atlanta Falcon win in the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. 28-3, has been talked about ad nauseum. But I think when you watch this Patriot team week in and week out, you see they, they wear on you. And to get in the fourth quarter, they're a. I think they're in phenomenal shape in New England, and yeah. I think the pace that they operate at, that 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 rush, that speed on the Jacksonville defense, they didn't miss any tackles in the first three quarters of the game. Then all of a sudden, you start to see them slide off a tackle here or there. They they kind of just wear on you. I think it's almost as much mentally as it is is physically. I think it's taxing. I think it's taxing from the style of play, the the approach, uh, having known people that were strength and conditioning coaches there and have later left. He really puts a big emphasis on being in great shape. They believe they wear you down by being in excellent physical conditioning. I do believe their pace of play affects you. Uh, the way Tom Brady dictates the tempo, they speed it up, they slow it down. It kind of makes you unnerved because you just don't know what you're getting into. And I think the big thing when it comes to the pressure and the fatigue, it's the pressure of playing the Patriots because I feel like everyone goes into that game feeling like 
They need to be perfect. And that pressure wears on you mentally. And I think a lot of times by the fourth quarter, they're not only physically exhausted, I think mentally they're exhausted from trying to be on their P's and Q's the entire game, thinking that you don't have any wiggle room. I think that wears out the players, but I also think it wears out the coaches. I think the coaches are prone to overthink themselves when you're looking across the sideline and you think that is the best guy to maybe ever coach in the league. I think sometimes you overthink what I'm going to do because I think he's going to have a, a counter. I think the Jaguars may have been susceptible to that. Earlier today we were talking a little bit about the movie Top Gun. Oh, yeah. I think about that that uh, metaphor with Bill Belichick is like uh, like the airplane that's up there and when they get that radar lock, beep, 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 Like the Jaguars, you're trying to you're, – you're diving and changing elevation and spinning and all this kind of stuff. You're like, I don't think he's going to get me. And all of a sudden you just beep, 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 Yep. And Belichick's got you locked in. He figured out what you're doing. He, he figures you out. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a coach that is that is good at making game plans, in-game adjustments – halftime adjustments, and then drive-to-drive counter-tactics than Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I, I, I just believe they're outstanding at being able to see the game with a bird's-eye view and knowing exactly what they need to do to get to the winner's circle. Last movie metaphor. It also reminds me of Rocky and Apollo when Apollo was trying to teach him how to get his feet going and dance, and it looks <laughs> stiff and awkward, and then they cut to the clip at the end where they're doing the same oh, exact movement, the same yeah, footwork. He's got it. Like he gets a, Bill gets in a little bit of a groove there. He yeah, finds his he groove. Does. He does. They, they found it, and it's interesting that you brought up the Rocky analogy. Yeah, because that's going to get us to number three on the list, and that is uh, the Philadelphia Eagles' big takeaway there to me. Foles played out of his mind, no question, but the thing that shocked me was his mobility was a big-time key for the Eagles. Foles steps up. He is looking. He is going deep and alone and into the touchdown is Jeffrey. Jeffrey was open at the five and Nick Foles hit him for a 53-yard touchdown. I even put out my uh, my social media reporter, the report I had when I was working for the Philadelphia Eagles on Nick Foles. And inside that report, he talks about how he struggled a little bit when he got moved off of his spot. Bucky, I've seen Nick play all through college, scouted him, was there with him with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I've followed his career ever since. Not only was that the best I've seen him play, and I know the seven-touchdown game against the Raiders and that mm-hmm. year with, with Chip Kelly, he put up those big numbers. But to me, this the stuff he did in this game, I had never seen him do before consistently moving around, buying time, keeping your eyes downfield, generating big chunk plays, and the mobility was a, was a big factor in that whole thing. Yeah, I, I think his ability to make plays – surprised a lot of people. And I think the Minnesota Vikings felt like they would be able to get him off his spot. And Nick Foles continues to grow increasingly more comfortable being the starter of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, look, it's a credit to him. It's a credit to the coaching staff. But we've talked about this. You have to grade the flashes. This dude for an entire year flashed that he could be a really, really good quarterback and play at a high level under Chip Kelly. In that system, he was able to figure it out and do some really, really good things. I credit Doug Peterson and those guys for doing a lot of those same things. Adopted some of that thing. In, some in of that Philly, stuff. RPOs that we heard them talk about, he is in a groove. He's in a rhythm. He gets another two weeks to kind of work on it. Who knows how well he played in the Super Bowl. But, yes, his athleticism, his mobility, his ability to find comfort in this new school offense has helped them elevate themselves to the point where they're in the Super Bowl. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't give Alshon Jeffrey some credit, too, for the oh, place. Yeah. How strong are his hands, man? Man, big, strong, I mean, big, strong, athletic guy, making plays. We've talked about it. 
that is the best signing of the year for the Philadelphia Eagles because what he did, he gave them a natural pecking order in the wide receiver room. He is the number one. Torrey Smith is the number two. Nelson Aguilar moved into the slot. He's the number three. Zach Ertz is somewhere in between uh, a two and a three, depending on game-by-game circumstances. But for all of the quarterbacks, and it started with Carson Wentz, they now know when I need my bread buttered, I can throw it out there to Alshon Jeffrey. If I don't like him, I can go to Zach Ertz. And then everyone else just kind of gets in where they fit in. I think it's been a terrific addition having Alshon Jeffrey join the squad. And I think, look, Torrey Smith drops a deep ball early, comes back and makes a nice catch on a deep ball late. That's just one of those things that I, I think the value of Torrey Smith, even with some of the drops, is he just stretches, he stretches you out a little bit. He stretches out. And, and, and let's talk about this. We, we, I don't think we can say enough about how the Philadelphia Eagles approach this game. They can talk about they didn't view themselves as underdog, but they played the game like an underdog. Like they did not leave any stones unturned. They had all the bullets in the gun. They fired them off. Flea flickers. They came after it. They took shots. They were aggressive at the end of the first half. All of the things that you have to do to knock out a fighter, they knocked them out. They were committed to not letting this go to the judges. They put the Minnesota Vikings away, and I think that is a sign of great coaching. They played to win, and they weren't worried about the repercussions. And we've seen the Patriots do that. And even when it doesn't go well for the Patriots, yep. Bill Belichick doesn't care. He owns it. Yep. Like, that's what, that's what they do. That's how they play. And it worked out well. The Philadelphia Eagles certainly have taken a page from the New England Patriots playbook. All gas, no brakes. That's what they do. I love that uh, philosophy that Doug Peterson employed there. Beautiful win there for the Philadelphia Eagles. They are headed to the Super Bowl. Our last takeaway, though, we've got to talk about the team that lost that ball game, Bucky, the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings look tired. Keenum takes the snap. Here comes the rush. He's hit, and it's intercepted. It's picked off by Robinson. Robinson at the 30. Cuts back across the field. Patrick Robinson looks for a block. Now he's at the 20. He's at the 15, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! Patrick Robinson! There's the first interception by an active eagle in playoff history. Anytime you come off an emotional win like they had, sometimes it's tough to settle in. And if you think about the team riding high, Case Keenum, Stephon Diggs, all the wide receivers and playmakers, we knew it would be kind of tough for that offense to duplicate that performance. And I think it showed up. I just didn't see the same life from this bunch. We talk about the running backs and the wideouts and the playmakers and even Case Keenum. I just felt like they lost all that magic when they defeated New Orleans Saints, and I just think it was tough for them to kind of bring up that energy and all that other stuff with a Super Bowl title on the line. Yeah, I thought the pace even – I just thought looked like Philadelphia was playing faster. They get out and get a quick score there. Minnesota does. And then I just thought Philadelphia – we just talked about it a minute ago. They went, they went fast, aggressive on them, and they kept Minnesota on their heels. I, just one player in particular, man, I, I think maybe the best safety in the entire NFL – um, when you talk about Harrison Smith, he looked like he was just kind of stuck in the blender in this game. You know, am I forcing the run? I'm stuck in this RPO world. They kind of took him out of the game, and I just thought that was kind of symbolic for this team. They just they weren't comfortable. They weren't in a rhythm, and you're right. I thought they looked a little bit exhausted out there. Yeah, they were exhausted, and I, and I do believe the Philadelphia Eagles used tempo to their advantage. The way they played, the way they snapped in and out the huddle, the way they played, uh, jumped into like some fast-paced things. They definitely kept their foot on the gas. And what was really impressive about what they were able to do, they played bully ball while dictating. They lined up some heavy sets. LeGarrette Blunt was a factor. Jay Ajayi was a factor. They ran the ball at them. They hit them in the mouth. And I don't know if teams 
necessarily view Philly as a physical team, but they were the Broad Street bullies. They beat them up, and I don't think coming into the game, I certainly didn't think that Philly would bully the Minnesota Vikings like that, but look, hats off to them. They took it to them, and they beat them up at the point of attack, and it showed, and it played out on both sides of the ball. Aggressive throw in the football. Nick Foles goes for 350 yards, but they also ran it 30 times. It was a balanced attack that the Minnesota Vikings had no answer for throughout the day. You look at them in the offseason, though, Buck, man, they've got a big decision coming up at quarterback, and um, you know, I, I don't know, Case Keenan, do you employ the same strategy I was talking about with uh, uh, with Bortles in terms of, hey, let's, let's okay, get to the market, we'll see what the market says you're worth, and then we'll see if we can work something out, but we're not going to end up. Are you going to pay him $25 bucks? Man, I don't think you can pay Case Keenan $25 bucks. I don't think you can I, either. I, I think you have to kind of let him go out there and negotiate against himself. I think the first act that you get signed, I think you can sign Teddy Bridgewater easily because there's no market really for him. He's been hurt the last couple of years, hasn't really shown a lot. There are people that were kind of lukewarm, even though I was a little higher on him. I think you can sign him up and kind of give him the offer of, hey, maybe you compete for it, you're the backup or whatever. Then you figure out who do you want. The ace in the hole is you kind of have Sam Bradford there too on the cheap. So you can make your deal with Case Kingdom and say, look, Case, Sam Bradford, we're going to take the first one yep. that comes in at the number that we want. So who who wants the number? Who wants the money? And then just do it that way. It's been a magic carpet ride for him. He's played outstanding this year. But if you're the Minnesota Vikings, do you really believe he can sustain this kind of play? If you don't believe it, I think you best to kind of look at one of the other guys and see if they can do it. What if they just swapped? What if, what if, uh, what if Jacksonville got Case Keenum? Does he make a difference for them over Blake Bortles? Six and one, half dozen of the other? A little bit, not much. I it's don't know. An upgrade, I think it's, but I think it's a, a m- small upgrade. Yeah, small, small upgrade. I don't, I don't know if it does anything. I think the bigger thing would be Sam Bradford. Obviously, was hurt, and he's been hurt parts of his career. But remember, a year ago, he completed over seventy percent of his passes, and did those things. Maybe you can get away with him if you can trust that he can stay healthy. But who knows? They got a big decision to make. All those quarterbacks, free agents, it'll be fascinating to see what they do in the offseason. Hey, maybe they kick the tires on Kirk Cousins if he gets to the market. The Minnesota Vikings say we're right there. That'd be be big. That's going to be a fun offseason to watch here with free agency. But uh, as much as we enjoy free agency, Bucky, it's all about the draft. And and as we kind of wrap up this week with the championship games, we got one more to go, the Super Bowl. But that's two weeks away. We're going to have a huge blowout preview uh, here with Move the Sticks to get you to the Super Bowl. In the meantime, though, we'll have you covered with a lot of draft stuff down here at the uh, at the Reese's Senior Bowl. So lots of Move the Six content uh, coming everybody's way. Sully, are we, uh, are we good to go here? That's a thumbs up. I'll take that as good. Yeah, good. All right, hey, that's going to do it for us here on Move the Six, presented by the Ford F-Series. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, thanks for those reviews. We love when we get those reviews and ratings on iTunes. Much appreciated. Uh, we will see you here shortly uh, with another Move the Six episode. Draft Talk, it's coming your way. Trust me. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.